Around to the end of the video. I hope you enjoyed my that. cover. And also, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez or Representative Ocasio Cortez or Sandy or AOC, uh, she believes it's time for new leadership in the Democrat Party. Also, this is all from justthenews.com. Michigan legislature, two committees have subpoenaed, uh, subpoenaed election evidence from the city of Detroit and a Detroit suburb. Also, Timcast IRL, that's a YouTube channel, but I suggest you check it out. after I've lit it to make sure I got a good even toast going. So, uh, a few weeks ago, after the election, uh, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out and said, you know, we've got to make a list of Trump supporters, and we've got to now now go after them, and uh, you know ban them from uh, life on the face of the earth or something. And the losers at the Lincoln Project echoed this sentiment that we got rid of Trump. Now we have to get Trumpism out of the Republican Party. So now. Those of us that uh, loyally supported Donald Trump, the 74 million of us are Trumpisms. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, if, God help us, Joe Biden uh, is sworn in on January 20th, that I'm going to get 
I'm going to get the band back together. Get my tea party friends together. With Leave out a couple, but in general, get the, the band back together. And start something called Trumpism. And then uh, follow it with a, a geographical region. Uh, and maybe other uh, conservatives and Trump voters, Trump supporters, whatever you want to call yourselves, could do the same thing and form Trumpism groups and throw this nickname that the uh, moderate Republicans, like the losers at the Lincoln Project, have given us back in their faces, uh, throw this name that liberals are giving us, Trumpism, back in their face. But anyways, when I started in politics, 1998, I was always interested in government politic and uh, throughout my life. I, my grandparents always had the presidential speeches on television, you know, if, if of course, you know, back then we watched a lot more, um, do, 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 what would you call it? A lot more um, network television. So if the president was on, your night was kind of screwed. Um, because, you know, we had cable TV, but it was more like a niche. Like, um, uh, you know, cable really was just a way to make the, the three major networks come in better. So you weren't, you know, horsing around with an antenna and rabbit ears at my house. And then as cable expanded, you know, we expanded with it. But um, my grandparents always watched, you know, Ronald Reagan's speeches. Um, and then, you know, Bill Clinton or George H.W. Bush. I mean, yeah, he didn't go on television as much except for during the... Uh, 1991 Gulf War time, uh, and even then it wasn't a lot, and that was carried by like uh, CNN more than any anything else. I mean, you could turn on CNN and like watch the war taking place. It was crazy, uh, but anyways, then then of course Bill Clinton and uh, you know whenever the president was on TV, I even if I was working. And there was a TV available. Uh, I would stop what I was doing and, and watch. Uh, I remember. <clears throat> I was that was kind of weird. Uh, anyways, Bill Clinton he came on TV uh, to admit that he lied about his affair with Monica, and we were in a break room at Kmart getting ready to punch in. And we like ran out, punched in the time clock, and then watched the rest of his uh, apology. But whatever, that's not the, the point of this. Back then, we were called, when I started politicking in 1998, uh, up through the Bush era. So, 98 to 2008. Uh, we were known as the religious right, the people like myself, the conservative base of the Republican Party. And some 
people in the middle of the Republican Party use that as kind of a negative term. And of course, the Democrats and left wing wanted to crucify you because you were the religious zealots of America. You were the ones uh, that clung to Americana and your guns and your Bibles. Uh, sometimes we were just called right-wingers. But there's always been this name, and some people in the Republican Party use it as a negative, but yet they always come crying to us when it's ass-saving time. They always come to the religious right, the base of the party, the, the most conservative people, and cry to us when they need their butts saved. 2008, the Tea Party movement started a little bit, and it went on through 2009. It really started when Bush bailed out the big Wall Street banks, and on tax day in some of the major cities, they had tax day tea parties, like Chicago, I think, was one of the, the first ones. And conservatives got together and said, hey, you're going to bail out Wall Street, the crooked mortgage industry, and uh, banks. What about the American people? You know, we suffered uh, under the, the loan crisis too. Uh, people lost their homes. People lost their jobs. They lost their 401ks. Why does Wall Street get bailed out, but we still have to pay our taxes? And then it continued through the first uh, year of Obama. And then the Republican Party came on its knees and said, this Tea Party movement's a big ordeal. Now, I'm the staunchest Republican there is. They, they are my party. They represent my views in a breakaway third party would only help elect Democrats. But, to the point, the Republican Party started to back the Tea Party a little bit. Even just incognito, behind the scenes maybe, sometimes in front of the scenes. Uh, and we would put on these rallies. Uh, I mean, I must. we must have done like one a month at least yeah, in my little group and we would have hundreds sometimes thousands of people turn up peacefully we never littered uh, people brought their signs and their flags there was never any racism stated in fact we had uh, african-american podcasters this was when podcasting was just teensy getting started it was like um on blogtalkradio.com, uh, we had a, a black guy from Detroit come in and speak at one of our tea parties, uh, and all we had to do was put him up in a hotel for the night. And we actually put him up in the Spread Eagle Tavern, which is a hell of a lot more than a, a hotel. Um, but, you know, the Republican Party came crying to us. And then, a few years later, Yay, Republicans, we, we, we got, we're in charge now. And now the little dicks from the middle, little jerks from the middle of the party 
started referring to us as the Tea Leaves, Anderson Cooper, and Sanjay Gupta on Communist News Network referred to us as tea baggers. And I, I, I'm not even going to touch that. But the Republican Party, you know, they kind of dissed us after they used us. The moderates, the moderates do. Called us names, say, oh, the, the tea, tea leaves, they're bringing down the Republican Party. The tea baggers, they're they're holding the party back, you know. They want <clears throat> all or nothing. They want everything, you know. You can't always do that. Until a point, you're right. You got to compromise a little bit. But that <clears throat> the thing that jerk that jerks my chain is when I was the religious right. When I was the tea bagger, tea leave, tea party, tea partier, the GOP cried out to me and others like me, save our butts, help us. It's butt saving time. Help, 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 help. <clears throat> and we did. We, we always come to the rescue. We're the ones that turn out to vote. We're the ones calling other people on the phone, knocking doors, putting on rallies, asking people to come out and vote. Now these sniveling little sneaks like the Lincoln Project, they want to call us Trumpism. Well, we got rid of Donald Trump, yay us. Now we got to get rid of the Trumpisms in, in the Republican Party and, and get back to a moderate, sissy, Democrat light version of the GOP. That moderate, sissy, light version of the GOP does not win national elections. John McCain was supposed to be the middle of the road, the centrist Republican that would appeal to all sides. And then uh, 2012, it was Mitt Romney. It was Mitt Romney's turn. Mitt Romney had been sitting in the shadows since 2000. It was his turn. He was going to be the moderate center Republican that was able to carry <clears throat> the the uh, party and appeal to both sides of uh, American voters. He lost. Even though Barack Obama's vote total decreased in his second term, uh, or his second election, whatever, uh, Mitt, Mittens Romney still lost because softy moderates don't turn out the conservative side of the party. Then along came Trump. And I remember a good friend of mine posting on Facebook, Jeb Bush, the grown-up's choice for president. And I was not a Trump supporter. I was uh, first a Ted Cruz supporter. I called before Trump even got in the race, I called Ted Cruz as the GOP nominee and said I was supporting him. Uh, I then jumped to Marco Rubio. And then right up until, man, like September, October, I was like, man, I'm not voting for Trump. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I started listening to him. And I stopped listening to the news, the mainstream media, the uh, all of that. 
and I started watching what he was saying, and what he said was very true. Now, a lot of his life, he'd been a Democrat, he'd been moderate, but he said, he always said if he ever ran for president, it would be as a Republican because of uh, Republicans are capitalist. And he saw that the Democrats were going towards socialism and things. But anyway, now I'm called a Trumpism. And the moderate, sissy Republicans want to put me out of the party. Not, not me personally, but people like me. Well, you know, then don't come crying to me next election uh, in a year and a half when you want to take Republican control of the House of Representatives, which I want to do too. But if you're going to disrespect me and call me names, how many times is the Republican Party going to get away with this before we do up and leave and join the Libertarian Party and make them a viable third party? Just some of my thoughts. I've been called in politics by my own political party many many names religious right right wing tea leaf and now trumpism and i will wear those labels with pride because when it comes time to save the party and save the republic and save americana i'm always there and i always vote and, I, and we win elections because of people like me. So, um, that being said, I want to get to some things. I jumped on justthenews.com to uh, catch catch up on the news after I... Uh, we had a good snowfall today here in Ohio. I kind of made fun of it. I thought we'd get nothing. We got a few inches... Just enough to make the roads bad. And, uh... So I, I kind of did some errands in the snow and just took my time driving and then I uh, came home and did absolutely nothing. But, uh, the headline on justthenews.com was... Uh, the majority of Americans don't believe that the government will give up its powers after the pandemic is over. Uh, 62% agreed with that, said that. 32% uh, were indifferent, which I don't know how you can be indifferent that government's taken this much control of your life, but that's what's wrong with America. And these were registered voters, by the way, that were polled. I've been saying for months that the government never likes to relinquish power once they have it. You know, they got power over you when they started the welfare programs. They got power over us. Uh, well, they tried to with national health care, Obamacare, socialized medicine whatever name you want to give it. Uh, but that was a way to control your life, to control you as a person. 
So the more and more we give up to the government, the more and more they keep. So they, they take a lot right off the bat. Remember, it's, it's only going to be 15 days, and we were given all this horrific data that, you know, oh, man, everyone that catches this COVID-19 or coronavirus or novel coronavirus, uh, initially it was called by the media the Wuhan virus. They quickly stopped doing that and said that was racist once Trump started calling it the Wuhan virus or the China virus. But nonetheless, they, the day the government took power because they gave us all this scary information and they gave us all hush money and they closed down our businesses, they took our livelihoods. They, they gave us a, a bonus on our unemployment checks, which I didn't get one. I kept working. I was an essential worker. Still got my $1,200 welfare check, though. Wasted that. And then... Fifteen days turned into months. We're now in January. Or, shit, we're now in December, sorry. Uh, and they're talking about another year or two taking away from us our livelihoods, our freedoms. And this is ridiculous. Uh, Fauci and some of Biden's aides are saying that, oh, well, you know, bars and restaurants might continue to be shut down all the way into, uh, you know, 2021. And it's like, wait a second, if you look at the contact tracing data, restaurants and bars are way at the bottom of where the spread is occurring. The spread is mostly occurring through house parties, family gatherings, social gatherings, weddings, etc. Not bars and restaurants. But it's easier for the government to control that than it is to come to your house and, and break up your party. Um, and a lot of local sheriffs and police have said, we're not enforcing this crap. We're just not going to enforce it. But if you're a bar or a restaurant, see, they're picking on whoever they can pick on. You have to answer to the health department and you can have your license to vend food and drinks taken from you by the health department. So that's the easy scapegoat for the government. And it's just about control. Nothing they've done. The mask mandates that Governor DeWine still touts as being the best defense against the spread is not helping. Everywhere I go, and I live in one of these rural areas that they, where they say people aren't wearing the masks. I see people wearing masks every freaking where. I don't know how many times I've walked up to the door of a store and I see that sign on the door. I'm like, ah, oh, crap, forgot my mask in my car. Have to go back. Store employees have told me, don't come in. One of my pastors, his wife refuses to wear the mask. They, as did I, 
declare, see, I'm religious right. Here I go again. They and I, I didn't even know they were doing it, but we declared victory in the name of Jesus over the virus. None of us have gotten sick. I, I worked around 10 to 20 people or more a day when there was no mask mandate, when we were told that masks were bad by Dr. Fauci. And I haven't got sick. I take my vitamins. I'm, I'm out there around a lot of people, so my immune system's built up. I go, I, really, I go to my doctor every three months, or yeah, every three months, but every six months I get a blood workup. And my immune system's good, he says. And, and uh, I, you know, I get my flu shot. I'll get the corona shot. I, I'm not afraid of it. I don't think there's a microchip in it. Uh, but this is about government control. How much can they tell you to do with your life? Now airlines are thinking about making you carry a, a virus shot uh, ID card. We don't, have to, we don't have to have an ID card to vote. That's racist. But to get on an airplane, to get a ticket to your favorite sporting event on Ticketmaster or your favorite concert, they're considering making you get a virus uh, card, identification card, I guess we'll call it. More and more control is conceded to the government day by day. And remember, people, Barry Goldwater said many, many years ago in this, or who knows, long time ago, Barry Goldwater, the father of conservatism uh, and the mentor of Ronald Reagan, said any government big enough to give you everything is big enough to take it away. Any government is big enough to give you everything is big enough to take everything away. Remember that, people. They're going to give you a free ride in the fancy car, but they'll take the car away in the end. Unreal. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and I agree on something. What a surprise. We, we, we agree that she's good looking, too. I think she agrees with me on that. AOC, uh, again, just the news reporting, AOC says it's time for, or it's time to relieve Schumer and Pelosi from leadership. Uh, in the article, it talks, you know, a Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has never been a big fan of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, we got to remember, she was recruited. Basically, there was a, uh, a casting call done by this group called Justice Democrats. And she was recruited by them uh, through this casting call to unseat moderate Democrats. And what they wanted to do was that they wanted to get people that were electable. They sought people based on their looks, uh, based on their personality, something called electability. And they used these people to they fear we'll we'll get them elected, then we'll prop them up, and we'll coach them up on policy, and then we'll get rid of the moderate Democrats. Uh, in the article, you know, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was on a podcast 
and she said, we need new leadership in the Democratic Party. Uh, she, in other interviews, has said that she thinks there is no left party in America. And to an extent, she's right. There are some Democrats that are moderate. There are not many, but there are some. But she thinks there's no left-wing party in the U.S. Uh, and she thinks that Dem Democrats are a centrist party. Uh, I don't agree with her on that. Uh, I do see a lot of the Democrat Party uh, things, uh, you know, they, they're for strict regulations of business. They're for abortion of uh, babies, the taking of life. You know, only, only God can create life, so only God can take life. And there's a big difference in an unborn baby. It's never hurt anyone. And a homicidal maniac that kills people. People used to question me, why, why, how can you be a, against abortion and call it murder, but be pro-death penalty? Well, easy. A baby in the womb has never, never hurt anyone. Duh. <sighs> Duh. <laughs> but uh, this is what AOC thinks. And I think it's time for Pelosi and Schumer to go. You know, um, I'm not for term limits. I'm not uh, for ageism. But there does come a point when you're pushing 80 years old. And I know Donald Trump's 74. But he's like vibrant as heck. You look at Nancy Pelosi, Jerry Nadler, uh, Joe Biden. They are aged, man. They, they, they are hurting. These people need to retire and go to Florida and relax. Actually, don't go to Florida. That's a Republican state. Go to, Stay in California and relax. You know, and they've scammed their money out of government, so they're set for life anyways. Also on JustTheNews.com, uh, the Michigan legislature has subpoenaed election evidence from Detroit and a suburb. Uh, it said, concerned about possible election evidence being destroyed, members of a joint session of the Michigan Legislature, House and Senate Oversight Committees on Tuesday voted to issue subpoenas to Detroit and Livonia demanding they surrender hard drives, emails, absentee voter, counting board, laptops, and other election-related materials. Uh, this comes on the heels of the Antrim County audit of uh, 16 Dominion voting machines that turned up 60%, 68% inaccuracies in reporting from the voting machine and what they found was um, some votes had that went that should have been for Trump were flipped to Biden they also found out that by hooking these machines to the laptop or to the internet 
that they could be manipulated, even though Dominion said they couldn't. Uh, also, using a flash drive and uh, other things, you can manipulate these machines. I think that's rather elementary, dear Watson. But nonetheless, this is these are the things we're finding. And so, Michigan legislature, one of the states, I call the Magnificent Seven, one of the seven states that sent dueling electors to Congress from the Electoral College is now going to uh, start auditing uh, Michigan or Detroit and uh, the Slavonia town, evidently. Uh, and there needs to be an audit done. There needs to be signature matching. The ballots need to be pulled out. Now, of course, there are accusations of you know people marking ballots, uh, people that overvoted, like they voted for Joe Biden and then they voted for the Libertarian candidate. Their vote was called a vote for Biden. Uh, just some of the various things I've you know heard and seen in the testimonies from Rudy Giuliani and his people. And the state legislatures that they went to believed them and said that there's enough evidence of voting irregularities to send two sets of electors to the uh, Congress for account in the Electoral College. Now, what could happen is, uh, you know, on January 6th, I'm going to get to this, uh, Republicans can object, and then there has to be a vote on whether or not, on which set of electors to accept. Um, and that then it gets murky to me, but it could end up in a, a House delegation vote. If some Republicans have the backbone to uh, object. Now, Tim Cast IRL, which is a YouTube channel, uh, if you want to check it out. He, he does a live podcast Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. And he has two other YouTube channels where he does uh, news and different things uh, during the day. Tim Cast IRL tonight was reporting that Rand Paul says the election was stolen. Does this mean on January 6th, Rand Paul will join Representative Mo Brooks from Alabama in objecting to electors from these seven states? Ooh, that would be nice. I think Rand Paul and Ted Cruz have the, the backbone of metal to object to these electors. And that could just throw a whole slew of things out of key, out, off keel for the Democrats uh, and Joe Biden. Uh, the last chance for Trump right now is for these electors to be objected to and for the vote the electoral vote total of Joe Biden to fall below 270 and then you go to a House delegation vote where Republicans have the majority of the House delegations. Uh, I do believe that 
Mo Brooks, Representative Brooks, who's in the House of Representatives, and Rand Paul, and I believe every single Republican, if they have any spine, if they ever want my support, they need to object to the electors from the magnificent contested seven states, Michigan, Arizona, New Mexico, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Nevada. We've seen a lot of voting irregularities there. <coughs> In Georgia, it was clearly enough as far as people who lived out of the state of Georgia and voted in Georgia and voted in another state uh, along with deceased people who voted along with uh, people that changed addresses and moved from county to county voted all these things people that were too young to register to vote there are enough Votes right there. If all those votes I just mentioned were nullified, Georgia would go to Trump. <coughs> if they did a signature audit and the signatures had on the ballots had to match the signatures on file, there would be enough change to make Georgia go for Trump. It would not be enough to knock Biden below 270, but these same problems uh, have occurred in these other six states. Pennsylvania, notably, had tons of irregularities. Michigan had enough irregularities that the Republicans on the canvassing board in Wayne County didn't want to certify the vote. And then they were threatened, they were doxxed, and bullied into voting. And then the next day when they came back, and there wasn't a room full of radical Democrats screaming and yelling at them, then they said, no, we rescind our certification. But nonetheless, these seven states, their electors need to be objected to. It would put Joe Biden below 270, and it could force a House delegation vote. So all that being said... Just remember to pray for each other. Uh, if you're in one of the snowiest areas in America right now, stay at home, stay safe. If you don't know how to drive into snow, stay home and stay safe. And uh, God bless you and pray for each other. This has been Panic Attack with Big John. Or if you're on Rumble, Americana the American Way.